the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. Good morning, my dear friends, to all our dear audience on KNUS 710 AM or via podcast. I welcome all of you. This morning, we shall interact first by waking up, praising God. If you're married, give a good and warm, safe greeting to your wife or to your husband. Give a good, warm morning hug or welcome with a special social distancing safety, of course, to your children and to all those who you live with. Do me a favor. It's okay to turn on your radio at 6 a.m. on Sunday morning. Next, of course, let us warm up the day by being nice to each other and by being nice to the Lord. This is Father Andre, and good Holy Sunday morning with God. Good Holy Sunday morning, my dearly beloved. Uh, and want to welcome you. You must have followed us last Sunday. Um, here in the studio, I had with me a wonderful friend and a legal expert, um, a lawyer himself, and an adjunct professor of law and business at Arapaho Community College. This is Good Sunday Morning with Father Andre. And with me again in the studio, Dr. Julian Dan Raven. Um, we were talking last uh, uh, Sunday um, about his education and about uh, um, and somehow the failure or the disappointment uh, of the role of religion in facing the COVID and giving people hope and somehow. And um, this time um, we're going we're gonna to continue what we left off with. We left off with last time when we talked about protecting the civil rights of the people and the effect of the mandate that was imposed, that is imposed by the government and the corporate world, actually, which is causing many people, millions of people, I guess, to be fired from their jobs, losing their livelihood. There is a culture of hate going on. People are very agitated with one another, and, and somehow there is this divide in a society between vaccinated and unvaccinated. On Good Sunday morning, we want to unify the country. We want to raise a movement of solidarity amongst the people. We want to stand up for value, for God, for hope, um, as a matter of fact. We want to maintain uh, the pillars of the United States, which are God and the faith and the family and the freedom and the culture of life, I believe, in order to prosper and uh, overabound and lead the world in charity and in purity. Um, with this, before we get to the topic of litigation over the COVID-19, and I do believe you need to contact your friends. Probably um, they need to check with a lawyer if they are facing such a situation. We'll ask uh, uh, Dr. Dan Raven where could people reach him in case um, he can, not to advertise, but I do believe people most likely might need certain assistance to make more um, aware decisions about uh, a work situation that they could be facing. Um, but before we get to that, let us pray together. Today we also want to pray with Psalm 31, a troubled person's confident appeal to God. 
and United States is troubled. I do believe this is what we spoke about the last time we said about Pope uh, Benedict XVI in his book, Jesus of Nazareth. Uh, when Jesus was troubled as he stood by the tomb of Lazarus, Jesus was troubled. And at least three times that gospel tells us about the trouble in Jesus. And we will explain it a little bit more. Um, let us pray as we are entering into Advent, as we um, are entering into the context of more family gatherings, so there will be peace. Now remember, my friends, we're coming to a crucial time where families usually get together. They don't run away from one another. I do not want to hear people depriving other people from a type of contact with one another. I'm not saying a physical contact necessarily, but please be kind, be genuinely loving and caring for one another. Greet each other, whether via phone or via Zoom or via uh, social distancing, even if you stand in a park or in a house um, 20 feet distant from one another. Do not deprive each other. Do not break the hearts of your family members simply because you are afraid of death or you are afraid of the sickness or of the disease. Uh, we should by now have assimilated what this disease is about and we should try to fight against its spread and against uh, uh, to help people recover um, from, from that disease, uh, not being afraid and just being defeated in somehow and think that we're going to die and I'm going to, um, you know, just protect my personal life. Remember, life is a gift from God, and we have to return to him. Um, with this, let us pray. God, come to my assistance. O Lord, make haste to help me. Glory be to the Father, and to the Son, and to the Holy Spirit, as it was in the beginning, is now, and ever shall be, world without end. Amen. In Psalm 31, we pray, Have mercy on me, O Lord, for I am in distress. Tears have wasted my eyes, my throat, and my heart. For my life is spent with sorrow, and my years with sighs. Affliction has broken down my strength, and my bones waste away. In the face of all my foes, I am a reproach, an object of scorn to my neighbors, and of fear to my friends. Those who see me in the street run far away from me. I am like a dead man, forgotten, like a thing thrown away. I have heard the slander of the crowd. Fear is all around me. As they plot together against me, as they plan to take my life. But as for me, I trust in you, Lord. I say, you are my God. My life is in your hands. Deliver me from the hands of those who hate me. Glory be to the Father, and to the Son, and to the Holy Spirit, as it was in the beginning, is now, and ever shall be, world without end. Amen. Dr. Julian, good morning to you, and thank you for being with us in the studio for the second Sunday in a row. Um, inspired by this part of Psalm 31, I did hear a lot of accounts from personal friends, from parishioners, from uh, uh, people all around that many people broke each other's hearts. They denied each other's visits. Um, parents were told you cannot come to a birthday or see the birth of your grandbaby because you did not take the vaccine and somehow. And then we see in a mandate how doctors and uh, 
um, em, em, employees in the same company, but specifically, I'm talking the medical uh, corporation, basically, the, the, the medical leadership in America. And somehow they had to throw each other under the bus. I personally, when I suffered, you know, from the disease and I went to the hospital, I think I told you the very first um, um, hour in the um, emergency room, a head nurse guy comes and he says, are you vaccinated? And I said, no. And I continued. My doctor is here in this hospital and uh, my doctor has my entire file knowing that I have chronic complications. I may not really be able to take the vaccine. He immediately looked at me and he said, you stupid. Now you're going to die. And you're horrible for all of us. It's like you're a disease for all of us. And he, they locked me to the bed. He didn't let me leave, actually, with an alarm, like an alarm bed, basically. And when I tried to use the restroom and I had diarrhea, I had infection in my stomach, not related to the um, disease, but I, I simply came to the hospital very ill. Uh, in many other instances, they didn't let me, nor they got somebody to accompany me to the bathroom. It took me over 45 minutes, honestly to find service. And the psalm speaks about this hate, like people who um, are being looked upon that you come now with a disease and they reject you, they slander you, they reject you, they put you on a side. Today there are these litigations, and that's what I want to give you the maximum word to educate our listeners on this good Sunday morning with Father Andre. Why are the unvaccinated treated as they are the disease? This is, I think, inexcusable. What you just described is, is appalling. Um, and if, if nothing else, you have a pretty severe malpractice claim mm -hmm. against, against the hospital for that sort of treatment. They should never have attacked you. They should never have left you untended. Right. This is, well, they're lucky you're a priest unless you are contemplating malpractice litigation against them, in which case I think you have a good claim. Well, I'm, However, I'm looking at the general practice. If really many people are, this is how they're going to treat people, if this is a culture that exists, I want to help the medical leadership to make sure we don't end up in a burning camp. This is, the hospital must not become a, like, an, like, a, like a concentration camp. Well, and that's exactly the problem. And that's the problem. I, I see it. Our leadership, it. the medical leadership in this country, has utterly betrayed the people and their own trust. Um, because they have lied to the people. And unfortunately, a lot of people are not trained in research methodology. They don't, they don't know how to look at the numbers. They don't know how to look at this and, and be sure that they are safe. So I, I, and I think that that has come because the government has been so, so focused on getting everyone to comply that they have forgotten to show people what actually is the danger. If you are vaccinated, you are not in danger from the unvaccinated. If you are unvaccinated, that is a risk you have chosen to take. But these, these decisions used to be, or at least when we were sane, we used to treat these as individual medical decisions left up to the individual and their doctor in order to, to decide what is best for this particular case. And there are some people who, who shouldn't get the vaccine, who have medical conditions that would prevent them from doing so, who are immunocompromised in other ways. And there are people who are religiously prevented from getting the vaccine. Dr. You, Dan, Dan Raven, I, I, I want to focus with you, and, and I know you will speak about it. What is the foundation, what is the, the ground of a litigation between a U.S. citizen and her or his corporation who's firing them, or 
against the government. I understood you cannot sue the government, I guess. You cannot sue the Congress. The, there is a House bill, I do believe, that came a few weeks ago in order to introduce uh, that natural immunity is actually a factor. Which yeah. would be nice if they would establish that because right. nobody has. You cannot sue the government itself, but you can sue its various agencies. Um, okay. And its mandates, I, I think it's important to remember that they have said everyone with 100 employees or more needs to either be vaccinated or submit to testing. However, with all of that, there should be religious and medical exemptions allowed as well. And they're not being accepted. Some of those are right now being heavily discouraged. Mm -hmm. So if you have a medical exemption, it is up to you and your doctor to decide what is best for you. And if you have some condition in which you do not feel comfortable or your medical provider does not feel comfortable to take the vaccine, then that is up to you to issue your employer does not get to stand between you and your doctor and decide if they think the reason is good enough. If they don't take the medical exemption, you can also require, request an ADA exemption, an Americans with Disability Act exemption, and say that your employer, because they have mandated this, this particular treatment and because your health prevents you from complying with that mandate, that this is a workplace disability and therefore you can request accommodations. The accommodations should be fairly simple. Unless you're dealing with the public on a regular basis, uh, if you are masking, if you are social distancing, that is no different accommodation. And if you have natural immunity. And if you've had natural immunity. These uh, are no different accommodations than they have been doing for the past two years. They should be just fine. If you are religious, however, and wish a religious exemption, and the most common reason for a religious exemption that I know of is that both the Pfizer vaccine and the Moderna vaccine were developed in research using fetal cells from a 1973 elective abortion that took place in the Netherlands. And in the Johnson & Johnson vaccine, they, are, they used cells in the manufacture of the vaccine descended from a 1985 elective abortion. See, nobody wants to shed light on this because the more I researched it, uh, even our friend, our common friend here in the same radio on Friday mornings, I'm with Peter, and I tried to tell him, I said, Peter, there is a difference between using embryonic cell versus fresh tissues. And I did reconfirm with many doctors, fresh tissues of, of fetal fresh tissues of babies are actually babies who are alive. They clip them and yes. they have to take that. It's horrific. As a life organ. The process of abortion is horrific when it does this. And even though, the, for instance, even though the Pfizer vaccine and the Moderna vaccine do not have active abortive fetal cells in the, in the produced vaccine mm -hmm. that they market to the world, <clears throat> the fact that they were developed on those tainted fetal lines causes an ethical problem for anyone who has a problem with abortion as it creates, it's, it's using a tainted source to create a market for something the vaccine itself might be good, but you're using abortion to create the market that that, that offered it. And that, that creates this sort of ethical quandary for a lot of people. Especially that there are alternatives to... The, yes, there, are there absolutely are research cells. cells that are not tainted and they, they could have used without the ethical quandaries. However, anyone who has a problem with this can certainly submit a religious exemption as well. What does and the government these, hope to achieve through this mandate? Total compliance. Total compliance. That's of obedience, or they really they want are they at this point? It's it has nothing to do with rationality, because we know that the vaccines, as I said earlier, do not prevent transmission. They prevent death and they prevent hospitalizations. 
So at this point, we're focused more on compliance than anything else. So they create dependence, basically. Correct. Correct. And if you are, if you have had the disease yourself and you have recovered, we also know that your immunity is as high or higher than right. anyone who has the vaccine. And you have antibodies, I do right. believe. Yeah. Even though after a certain time, the antibodies still are dormant. And as soon as and it will be interesting to see. We haven't been through it long enough to tell, but it will be interesting to see if they last longer or more effective over long term than those who get the vaccine. We don't know that yet, but we do know that this should be no different than the vaccine. And so when companies say that, no, it would create an undue burden on us to comply with this, it's absolute poppycock. Did you follow any particular litigation, at least? From, yes. W- w- tell us about that type of litigation. So one of the biggest sources right now is the Thomas More Society in the Catholic Church, who are protecting the religious exemption and filing lawsuits all over the country and, and working on class action suits against various government agencies and local employers. They just won a major injunction in New York for uh, workers who had not been offered a legitimate religious exemption. And the, the court has rightly decided, I think, that there is no rational basis to deny them when the forms of accommodation would be no different than what they are operating with now. For instance, as you just pointed out, people who have already had the virus are as as immune as anybody else. So if they're vaccinated, it does not matter. If if they are distancing, if they're wearing masks, if they are testing, there is those are the requirements that have kept us safe for the last two years. So why is it suddenly difficult to do or or impossible for an employer to take care of? Those things are all still available to us. And Thus, they are winning the exemption because there is no rational basis to treat these people differently. But as you said last time, and you said here, there is an incredible social pressure to right. treat these people differently. And a certain some people is dividing families. You know, I want to quote from uh, uh, Representative Daniel Webster um, from Florida. Um, he said in a written statement, um, denying science only contributes to existing confusion, misinformation, and mistrust among the American people. This bill helps restore trust and faith in the public health system while maintaining our fight against COVID-19. And I'm sure they're talking about a bill um, to, to basically to, to show that the Congress, to, to make the Congress admit to the ample scientific data uh, about natural immunity as a real Act natural immunity is a real act, and we ha- yes. and you and me we spoke a little bit uh, of uh, air to, to to try to say uh, let's hope that the Congress will come together because the consequences of a divided Congress the same way the divided medical body is what are they and I know I know Julian you are involved in the in a public sphere of life peace safety accord uh, stability um, in the United States through some some education work that you do, awareness work that you do amongst political parties from both sides. Yes. Where will we end up in case the Congress does not succeed now reuniting the country by admitting natural immunity? I do not think they will admit natural immunity at the congressional <laughs> level. And I don't, I don't think they will because if our, if our medical providers were honest about it, they, they would have already done this. And we would be at herd immunity, what they originally talked about already. I don't think they're interested in talking about the data. If they did, they would inform the people better that they don't have quite as much fear as they think they do. I think, and they have said so on the left especially, 
but that this is an ex- this is a chance to rebuild our economy in a way that they think is better and more equitable. And that's more difficult to do if we're not in a constant state of emergency. So no, I don't think they have any interest in in expanding the... So where will we end up? That depends if people willing are willing to tolerate where we're going. Either people now decide to stand up and decide that their faith and their freedom and their own medical care means something to them, and they start issuing these exemptions and standing up to them, and if they're denied... Go ahead and fight. Join one of the class actions. Call a lawyer. Start mm-hmm. litigating. Start standing up to it. There's not a whole lot they can do when enough people rebel. Or we roll over and we take this, and we wake up tomorrow in Venezuela with a government that entirely manages our So you really see economy. a civil right. You, you really see a civil right problem inside the mandate as a concept, as one not only economic disasters but there could be like we in a mission of hope and mercy we've been sending alerts about what's happening in Lebanon and when beside the economic sanctions when the when the um, uh, covid hit and now the vaccine mandate and now they started seeing that people are actually still being getting sick Despite the actual um, vaccine, to a, right. um, to a certain extent, there are economic consequences, there are religious freedom consequences, and now we see there is social peace consequences. Are you concerned about the social peace? In we United are printing States? $120 billion a month. That is in one month higher can, than the entire expense of the New Deal in the 1930s. Can you repeat that, please? $120 billion a month we are uh, printing. You mean a year? A month. A month? Mm-hmm. Through the Fed. And yes, that has huge, huge social consequences. Where, where do people get this information, Dr. Julian? You can look at it at the Federal, at the Federal Reserve's webpage. Okay, wow. Uh, you, if this, this amount of money is coming down, and everyone is starting to see it at this point, the amount of inflation that that causes, that you feel it at the gas pump, you feel it at the grocery store. In addition, you see the supply chain problems that we've we've encountered from shutting down huge par- portions of our economy. And even when small portions are shut down, if one producer that makes a one little part that nobody thinks about shut down, it has cascading domino effects through the rest of the economy, creates incredible problems. And our expense that we have put on this has created the increase in prices and delay that we have seen. We have created huge suffering for everyone in society. And we are using this to justify the expansion of the government into every aspect of our our economic system. And there are some people that think that that is a good thing, that would like to emulate Venezuela and some of the command and control economies on Earth. I'm not one of them. And I think unless we stand up, unless we start resisting... That is where we're going. So there is also an ideological belief system. You think does this ideology um, hit also the medical leadership? That do do the medical leaders believe in such an ideology where the patient may not be given the right to choose their own whatever healthcare system, healthcare priorities? They're gonna impose it, and if they don't listen to the medical leaders, those patients will no longer be able to receive a treatment. I guess. It's hard to tell at this point what exactly the medical leadership believes. People like Dr. Fauci, he's lied so much that it's impossible to see what he actually believes in, if if nothing else but his own fame. Uh, I don't think most of the medical doctors in this country support this sort of movement, but they don't have much of a choice, do they? Most of them work for large hospital systems that are intimately tied to our governmental providers. 
and they don't get much of a say in how the hospitals are run. How and most hospital administrators are not doctors or scientists themselves; they're business administrators. This is good Sunday morning with Father Andre, with Doctor uh, uh, Julian Dan Raven, with me in a studio, an expert in constitutional law, lawyer himself, and an adjunct professor um, at um, Arapaho Community College. And for two episodes, we have uh, spoken about uh, the mandate, the vaccine mandate, and uh, now we spoke about the possible consequences of this mandate litigation um, situation. Um, we have one minute left in the show, and I really want all my listeners. Um, I will have Dr. Julian back again on the show. And um, uh, please be cognizant and be patient with one another. Vaccinated and unvaccinated, both of the categories are still under attack and they can still spread the disease. Vaccine does not prevent the spread of the disease. If your focus is to spread the disease, um, talk to your local doctor, talk, uh, search on the Internet and see what is the best way for us as a people to use um, social um, awareness in order not to transmit any sickness or any diseases. And if our priority is to be treated, if you're a doctor, if you're a nurse, please do not reject, do not refuse a treating a patient who is not vaccinated. If your family members do not make fun, do not isolate your other family members if they are unvaccinated or vaccinated. Uh, let us scale for one another because remember Jesus stood in front of the majesty of death at least three times um, as the gospel of John tells us according to Pope Benedict but remember at the end uh, Jesus he himself even though dead he rose from the dead and he trampled death by death and he gave us life and this life eternal is ours in Jesus Christ our Lord may we all be protected from the disease and may God save us all from an ugly death and make us enter eternal life. Amen. Thanks for joining us today for Good Sunday Morning with Father Andre. Father Andre and his team rely on your prayers and generosity to help feed over 5,000 families in Lebanon every month. Go to missionofhopeandmercy.org to learn more. Your support helps buy supplies from local farms and factories, employ truckers to ship the food, all to let these families know they are not forgotten. Go to missionofhopeandmercy.org and donate today. And join us next week at 6 a.m. for Good Sunday Morning with Father Andre. Three-star general Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. The explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. With in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never-before-seen personal records of the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn. Deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com. salemnow.com.